Welcome to the Home Inspector Marketing Podcast. Because you're a home inspector looking to increase your sales, improve your cash flow, and boost your bottom line, you are in the right place. For additional training resources on how you can grow your home inspection business, go to microreturns.com right now. And now, here's the podcast. Hi, this is Mike Crow, and I run a home inspection business. In fact, I've run a couple of home inspection businesses. The true joy for me, though, has been helping literally thousands of home inspectors build really solid home inspection businesses as well. We can help a single man operation be able to do over $300,000 a year, maybe all the way up to $400,000 a year as a single inspector operation. Even better for me is the 80 plus companies that we have helped be able to build million dollar home inspection businesses. I would like to help you be able to do the same thing. We've been having a lot of fun with the uh, the book uh, Creating Magic uh, by uh, Lee Cockrell, um, and uh, the chapter that I'm going to be telling you some of my thoughts and some of my notes from this time is uh, chapter seven. Okay, uh, eliminate hassles. Um, uh, Jonathan, I'm so glad you're in the room because this one has been, you know, something. When you look, we all, we only have 30 employees. I mean. How many employees does Disney have, Vance? Eighty-five thousand. Eighty-five thousand. Just okay. in Orlando. Just a, that's just in Orlando. Okay. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, they're the world's largest uh, employer in some category. Uh, but uh, one of the things that I find out is that you know I I, I started my whole program with basically the EMIP, right? And the EMIP teaches systems. All right. And what I discover is that a lot of times people People, either one, they don't want to follow the systems, they think the systems are silly, blah, 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 all right? Systems are actually there. When, when employees, when associates, when cast members understand, systems are actually there to protect them. Systems are actually there to give them the ability to look smart, to look like they got the job done, all right? And when you repicture that for them, they start going, oh, oh, duh. Why wouldn't I do it that way, okay? Uh, so there's a case in here, by the way, and, and uh, uh, I wanna, I'm gonna go deeper in for just a second on page 147, then I'm gonna go back. Uh, and ask what rather than who. So a problem happens, right? We have a problem with a home inspection, okay? Maybe you have a problem with the service tech, maybe you have a problem with a real estate agent, maybe you have a problem with uh, an Airbnb, okay? And uh, everybody wants to go, their fault, okay? I don't like their fault. I like to first go, what went wrong? And how can we change the system to help prevent that from happening again in the future? How can we prevent, how can we adjust the system? So for instance, one of the things that uh, Jonathan and I just recently did, and I, when I say this, I'm really taking more credit than I deserve, Jonathan recently did with his inspector managers, was go through every statement that we use on an inspection report automatically to make sure that it was as effective as possible. And every time we have an unhappy, every time we have an unhappy camper, we go, how do we fix it so that never happens again? How do we fix that so it never happens again? And it rarely, rarely is, it's the inspector's fault, okay? It's more like, oh, let's fix the system so the inspector can't make that mistake, all right? So in this particular case, he talks about a new process that he had to explain. Uh, he said, we opened the restaurant 
uh, each night. And uh, one night there was a couple there. They were celebrating their anniversary or something like that. It was in the last chapter. Um, and uh, they ordered wine, but they couldn't find the guy that uh, uh, has the key to the wine cabinet. And it's locked because, let me tell you, alcohol moving out of a restaurant is probably one of the worst dollar uh, losses in any restaurant. Okay? And so the alcohol especially is kept under lock and key so it doesn't doesn't do different stuff. But they changed the process. They said, now what happens is when a guest orders a bottle of wine, the server will ring it up on the check. What's the first thing that happens? It gets rung up. Okay? It gets rung up on the check. First thing. Okay? Second, then uh, the, the cabinet is unlocked at the uh, the beginning of the night by the manager uh, so that they can ring it up, they can go get the wine, and then they can serve it. At the end of the night, the manager will balance the wine cabinet stock with the wine orders and relock the cabinet. Also, the manager from time to time, uh, at random, will ask to see the server's open checks. Oh, I see that uh, table over there is a bottle of wine. Um, and, you know, he'll go over and check the system and go, oh, let me check here. Yep, that bottle of wine's on there. Great. So from time to time, he'll just spot check. It is a very serious offense for them to go over and find out that that bottle of wine is not on. So first off, it has to be done that way. Jonathan and I go through this all the time. So when I'm walking around with inspectors, and uh, I used to say, oh, did you see such and such? They went, oh, yeah, I saw that. Everybody, oh, they always see it. And I go, great, show it to me in your notes. Oh, I haven't written it down yet. Then you haven't seen it. Because as soon as you see something, our rule was as soon as you see something, you write it down. And if it's not in your notes, you didn't see it. Then the second part of that, of course, is it's got to get from the notes to the report, right? But there are systems. In fact, I live in, and teach other people to build uh, multi-million dollar companies on three things, right? Systems, people, and resources. But the systems are the first part of everything. Now, in here he calls it, whether they call it rules, procedures, policies, operating guidelines, processes, okay? All of that defines how employees should interact with other people, uh, whether that be coworkers, customers, external business contacts, as well as the physical environment, technology, blah, 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 okay? But think about it. We get to work reliably because of the systems that regulate traffic and make the trains run on time. Our kids advance from one grade to another because schools have systems for teaching, for grading, for promoting their students. There's even a process for putting the trash out. All right, so I know this is gonna sound crazy to some of you, but the more you know me, this won't sound crazy at all. Eight o'clock on Monday night, my phone goes off. I have an alarm set. And you know what it says? Put out the trash. It's as simple as that, it's a system. Why did I put that in my phone? Because one day on Tuesday about uh, 10 a.m., Susan said, did we put the trash out? Do you notice how nice she was, by the way? Did we put the trash out? Whose job is it to put the trash out? Yours. It's mine, okay? Uh, but she was so nice about it. And I went, um, there was no trash to put out. <laughs> and then I went and looked, okay? Oh, darn it, I didn't see that, okay? Uh, so anyway, but then I, and I said to myself, how do I fix the system, right? It's not the who, it's the what, right? And so I changed it. And so by the way, on Thursday nights at eight o'clock, my phone goes ding and I go, oh man, I need to put the trash out, okay? And so. What kind of system are you building to make sure that people have the best experience? And when I say people, I don't mean your customers and your clients. Yes, of course we want them to have a great experience. How many of us would love, we have 30 plus employees, how many of us would love for our employees 
our cast members, our associates to have a great experience every time they come to work. You put systems in place that makes it work. Yeah. How many of us would like our wife to have a great uh, experience? So I set an alarm to set out the trash, okay? When, when, when do you put out trash, David? Uh, this morning, actually. You, there you go. And, and you just do that automatically, right? Uh, well, my neighbor, seeing my neighbor's trash can out. Oh, there you go. You're running out to the car. Oh, crap, it's trash day. I need to go. Okay, okay. So anyway. Um, so we talk about uh, some organizational structure in different chapters and different things and, and go into that. Um, and we talked about the what uh, rather than the who. So if the procedures uh, themselves are flawed, blaming somebody can be very destructive. If the systems are flawed, blaming uh, a client coordinator or blaming an inspector or blaming a marketing person is, is not going to help anything. In fact, it just it makes people want to run away, right? So you don't want that happening. More often than you might suspect, more often than you might suspect, the glitch will turn out to be procedural. And I will tell you, one of the reasons I'm successful is because I look at the systems first instead of the people. And people want to go, oh, it's Jacqueline's fault. Oh, it's uh, Maria's fault. Oh, it's Sam's fault or Joe's fault. And I'm going to tell you something else that really kind of ticks people off. I don't care whose fault it is. I just want to know how we're going to fix it so it never happens again. And maybe it is Joe's fault, okay? But I want to fix it so it never happens again. And, uh, and, and by the way, um, Alan, any such thing as a perfect inspection? No. No, okay? Very veteran inspector. No such thing as a perfect inspection. By the way, here's an old Chinese proverb. Man that wears two watches never knows what time it is. Home buyer that has two inspectors has no idea what he's buying. Okay? I'm just telling you because, yes, they'll say some things the same. But they're going to say other things different, too. And so I, I, know some, I know some people that will have two, three home inspections, okay? I feel sorry for them. I really do. Uh, listen to your customers. Listen to your customers and find out what they want, what they need. One of the things that I love about Davey is that he has been asking questions. Uh, in the next two days for the Coach Blueprint people, one of the things you're going to find out is that he's got a short little feedback form uh, that he's going to ask you. How often should we get together? How often should this happen? What do you think about this? What do you think about that? Okay. Uh, and he has already started making changes that I'm sitting back there going, duh, why didn't we ever do that before? And I'm enjoying the heck out of it because he is, he is, he is asking why on every one of our systems, every one of them. And I, and I, and I'm trying to figure out, uh, yeah, it's a great question. Why do we do it that way? And sometimes I know, and sometimes I don't. Okay. Uh, so for years, by the way, here's another one. For years, guests had a limited number of choices regarding the kind of admission ticket they could buy. Hey, you either get this ticket or this ticket. That's it. Okay. Uh, and uh, but they told us through focus groups and letters and surveys and complaints at the ticket desk that they wanted more options. So we gave them more options. Okay. We gave them more options of what they could buy. Um, and uh, I will tell you, it's just been amazing. And because I go to Disney on such a regular basis, it's great. Um, in fact, I go to some places, I don't know if Disney does this or not. Do they have like a, uh, like a, a four o'clock and after ticket? Uh, they do for convention guests. Okay. All right. So, yeah. So some places I know around here will let you buy a four o'clock and after ticket. Okay. That's much cheaper. All right. And by the way, it could be a really good deal because a lot of times the lines are much shorter, you know, after five o'clock, six o'clock and different times. You want to go ride the rides. The best time is either be right there at the road drop and run for it or be there late. 
okay? Or when and the, it's raining. Huh? Or Say again? Or when it's raining. Or when it's raining. Yes, that's another whole story. Or when it's raining. So learn first ha firsthand what's happening and what's not. And um, constantly ask your uh, employees or your cast members or your associates. Ask them. Okay? You heard Davey say something here just a little bit ago that I thought was just so insightful. Um, you know you probably have to let some employees go, right? Ask the employees to do kind of like a blind, you know, thing. Let us know who you think we need to let go and why. Okay? Maybe you didn't hear him say that. That's what I heard. Okay? And I thought, well, that'd be interesting. So if I asked all the inspectors which inspector they thought needed to be let go, they'd probably tell me. And you know what? I probably wouldn't have a clue. All right, because I don't go ride with all of them every day, okay? Uh, so ask, ask your employees the questions, all right? And the process not only makes sure that nothing has slipped through the cracks, but also uh, some other wonderful things. Anyway, back on this piece here, remember, if you don't follow up with people, when you do ask them for feedback, if you don't follow up with them, one, let them know they heard, okay? Uh, then uh, sometimes they want to bark louder, all right? Uh, Jonathan has an amazing dog. We call it our office dog. His name is Cashew. Um, and sometimes we put him outside. And, uh, uh, and when he wants back in, he'll bark. And he'll sit there and wait for maybe a minute. And if we don't go let him in, he'll bark twice, three times, four times. I'm here, people. Let me in. All right. So if you do not let people know that they've been heard, sometimes they get... Sometimes they get destructive even in, in wanting to make sure that you hear them. So some concerns might seem insignificant to you. That doesn't mean that you don't let them know that you heard them, okay? Uh, so for instance, uh, me and Shakur recently, because he is our Airbnb specialist, okay? Uh, we had a situation where somebody moved in and they were only gonna supposed to be there for a month. And for some crazy reason, they decided to have something mailed to the house. And the post office people delivered it and put it in the mailbox, which has a key on it. And nobody knew where that key was. I didn't know where the key was. Shakur didn't know where the key was. But I will tell you, Shakur learned something very valuable about me during that process. I got very involved and I got very on top of it very quick. And for two days, three days, we chased this stupid key around. And we chased the process. So Shakur and I will never waste our valuable time ever on a mailbox key. And I bet, I'll bet you that it's not just my property that he learned that with. I'll bet it's every property he learned that with, right? And that's, that's, that's making sure that, you know, you, you learn from it. All right, so sometimes changing a process requires a combination of starts, stops, and continuations. For example, in a discussion about how to cut down on lost and broken dishware at, let's say, one of the restaurants. Do you ever have broken dishware in uh, your restaurant? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I thought this was interesting. They said, let's stop counting the dishware daily and start counting it once a week, and let's continue, let's do more of training the kitchen staff to stack the dishes properly so we don't break as many. So instead of counting every time, let's use part of the counting time to, hey, how do we stop that from happening? So that's important. All right, next one. Harvest process solutions from employees. So when Jonathan wants to rework those list of phrases that we used during the inspection, when I did the same thing 20, 30 years ago, I would sit down with all of the inspectors and go, all right, guys, what phrases do you think we need to add to make sure that we're doing this right? Okay, and we would literally go through all, and we only have, thank God, but we only have about 300 phrases. Some inspectors, by the way, have 10,000 phrases. I feel sorry for them, and for, I feel sorry for anybody they're going to try to train. Okay, 10,000 is way too much, right? Uh, and ours are set up very, very systematically for it's easy to filing system even, but still, 
We ask our inspectors, hey, what do you think we need to add to help make sure, you know, and, and honestly, Jonathan now is probably changing this even more on a continuous basis faster than I did, okay? All right, so one employee mentioned that many of the older people, and this goes into what can you do for your customers that your customers don't expect, all right? Sometimes you find out that someone has lost a loved one. What can you do for that person? Pray for them. Pray for them? How about call them and pray for them over the phone? Or maybe stop and visit them and pray with them, okay? Um, uh, here's another thing is someone's having a graduation, right? Here's one of Jonathan's favorite things to do. He'll go out on Facebook, all right? Uh, someone that we're a friend with that is a maven, okay? Uh, and find out that, hey, they have a graduation coming up or they have this and there's a picture of them and their grandson uh, with cap and gown and all that. Jonathan will take that picture, put it on a mug, and put names on it and dates on it and send it to them. They ain't ever getting rid of that mug. And every time they see that mug, they're gonna remember us, okay? And I think Davey kind of said the same thing when he talked about picture frames, right? I have, I, have a, I have a shelf of picture frames where people have taken a picture of me and them and sent it to me. I have one guy, uh, think about this for a second. This guy is so cool, he owns season passes for the Dallas Cowboy Stadiums on the 50-yard line. This guy is so cool, he parks where Mr. Jones parks in that same area. He is so cool that I discovered that they have like an Admiral's Lounge, but at the football place, and all the food's free. So anytime you want to get up out of your seat, you just go get an ice cream or go get uh, this or go get that or go get this and then come back to your seat. No standing in line. No, and I... And he has totally spoiled me for ever going to another football game. He also gave me a signed football. Boom. Sitting in there on my desk. Okay? He also took a picture of me and him down on the 50-yard line, which he signed and sent to me. Am I ever going to forget that guy? No. He created an experience, right? He created an experience. All right? Thank you. Um, and uh, I was very blessed. So here's one of the things that I try to tell people a lot of times is helping somebody do something is great. What's better, David, than helping that person? What's better than, you're new to me, so I'm picking on you. Yep. What's better than help, if I were to help you, that's great. What would be better than that? Uh, if you had me help somebody you love or care about. Thank you, that's exactly right. So if I did something for your spouse, boy, okay? How about if I did something for your kids or grandkids? Remember forever. Can I tell you guys a secret? One of the reasons David said yes to coming and working with me is because I took really good care of his son. You did. And he talks about it at dinner at least every other week. Okay. Thanks to Mr. Crow, he helped me a lot to start my business. Do you guys understand that? Yes, sir. The reason I got an A player to work with me, who's smarter than I am in 10 different ways, is because I took care of his family. Okay? Don't miss that. We hope you enjoyed the podcast, and as a friendly reminder, if you're looking to increase your sales, improve your cash flow, and boost your bottom line as a home inspector, go to microreturns.com right now.